Well, if you'd like to sit, I think Teresa's going to read for us. The reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It can be found on page 1 of the New Testament section of the Church Bible. The Visit of the Wise Men. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Teresa. Shall we pray? Oh, Father God, we, we ask now for ears to listen to what you want us to hear, for a mind to understand and to take it in for a will to obey and a heart that loves and worships and rejoices in Jesus, our Lord, our King, and our Saviour. Amen. Well, with Epiphany looming large this week, we're going to focus 
fairly obviously in the light of the reading we just had uh, on the visit of the Magi. I don't know if you know, but it probably took place some 18 months uh, after the Saviour's birth. But as we look at Matthew's account of that visit, you know, over 2,000 years ago, uh, let's get caught up in the excitement and the thrill of that event. Now, I'm not going to allow you just to sit there this morning. I want you to uh, participate in some way. Okay? I'm going to make a number of statements about that account of the wise men. And I'd like you to test the accuracy of your own Bible knowledge. You have to decide whether each statement that I make is true or false. If it's true, I'd like you to raise your right hand. Should we practice? It's true. Okay? If it's false, I'd like you to raise your left hand. Okay? And if you're not sure, you can raise both hands. Okay? Let's see how we, let's see how we do. Why am I doing this, by the way? You know, when we look at the visit of these wise men, we discover that in its telling over the years people have added quite a few unhelpful details. As a result, I think many now confuse fact and legend. You know, Christmas cards, even carols, have added to the confusion with pictures that are not strictly accurate. Okay, let's get going. Let's see how we do. Statement number one. Remember? Right for right, left for false, you're not sure. Okay. Three wise men went to find Jesus. Okay. Well, in fact, part of that may well be wrong. However, there were three gifts, and we over the years have decided that there were three wise men. There might have been more, but we don't really know. But we do call them wise, and I believe we do that uh, rightly so. They had tremendous insight, recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, when God's chosen people in Israel did not. They traveled thousands of miles, literally thousands of miles, and their journey and their search is something quite, quite amazing. It's perfectly astonishing that men with their limited knowledge should venture so far, should in many ways uh, endure such hardship in travel and face such uncertainties as they, what did they do? They trustingly followed a star. That's amazing. That's what they did. They just followed a star. And what's more, from the outset, we know that they wanted to worship Jesus. And they wanted to give him costly presents. And did you note that when they asked where they could find him, who did they ask for? They asked for the king of the Jews. Even at this early stage, they already knew who Jesus was. You see, these magi pursued the little that they knew in their wisdom to the utmost. 
with total dedication. What did Jeremiah write? He said, if with all your heart you truly seek him, you will surely find him. How true of the Magi. And how true today of all men and women, boys and girls, who are open to God's spirit, when wisely they are eager to discover him who is the way, the truth, and the life. Their search is not in vain. Statement number two. When Herod heard about the baby born to be king, he was so happy that he wanted to worship him. Oh, okay. Well, that's very, very wrong. That's very wrong. Herod was extremely angry. He was filled with hatred and fear, hatred of anyone or anything that surrendered his self-centered position and fear that in Jesus uh, he would have a rival king. His lust for power as a leader outweighed all other considerations. But... In the context of this gospel story, let's see how from the very beginning, Jesus met with both support and opposition. You see, the wise men's camp just overflowed with praise and welcome and adoration. The camp of the opposition was full of hatred and anger and fear. And today, today as then, Jesus is coming challenges people into making a decision. What do the wise do? They rejoice in worship and love of their Lord. Others, some indeed in opposition of one kind to another, but many with an indifference to what they call all that God stuff. And there are those who, like Herod, want to keep self on the throne of their lives, unwilling to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And let's not overlook the reaction and the attitude of the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They knew their scriptures like the back of their hand. And they didn't hesitate, did they, in answering Herod when he wanted to know where the child had been born. But did they go to greet him? Did they go? Did they shake a sandal or a toe? No way. They knew the facts, but they did nothing. You see, head knowledge they had, but no heart love or obedience. Number three. The wise men found Jesus in Jerusalem. I think some people should be doing this. Oh. No, they didn't find him in Jerusalem. They found him in, in Bethlehem. Yes, indeed. You see, having traveled for a long time and over thousands of miles, they arrived gratefully in Jerusalem, the capital, capital of Judea, and they looked doubtless for the palatial home of him whom they'd come to worship. Imagine their surprise when they have to move on still further. You see, they'd come to worship and he wasn't there. They had to move on. 
How easily they could have been put off at this stage. No, their commitment is such that they walk on to that small village and to the working man's humble home. And you know, every time I reflect on their commitment and determination, I pause to wonder about myself. And what about each one of us? Do we feel that we have arrived and that we have met with Jesus? And that there's no further to go? Do we know him fully? Or is there more to seek and discover in order to enrich our relationship with him? And if so, what are we doing about it? Statement number four. True or false? The wise men were kings. (laughs) Well, you see, once again, we have assumed that they were kings because of the nature of their gifts. And of course, what does the carol say? We three kings of Orient are. The gifts suggest great wealth and associated with people of considerable importance. And of course, in Isaiah 60, you all know what I'm going to quote, don't you? What does it say in Isaiah 60? Kings coming to the brightness of the Lord's dawn. Oh, this all gives us good reason to come to a kingly conclusion. Well, kings, kings they may have been, but they were certainly men of high standing. And it's as we build up the full picture that we see from the outset that Jesus came to be the king of all. It was the despised, humble, poor shepherds who were the first to hear the good news and to respond in praise to God. And now it's these rich men of status who come and bow down and worship the king of kings. Oh, you see, Jesus is there for the rich and the poor, for those of high and low degree, for those of every color and every race. And Jesus came for us who are here this morning. He came for the many who are not here with us this morning and who have never found him. What a challenge that is for us to proclaim Jesus each day in the way we live our lives in the people that we are, in what we say and do, so that those who are lost will find Jesus. Statement number five. The wise men brought gifts of gold, Frankenstein, and myrrh. Oh, something gone wrong there, isn't it? Do you know the lovely story of the three six-year-olds who had the part of the wise men in the school's nativity play. The first one handed over his gift and said, gold. The second presented his gift saying, myrrh. The third just threw his gift in the manger and shouted, Frank sent this. I think the old jokes are the best, really. But these were indeed rather strange gifts, weren't they? They were strange gifts for a baby. 
and certainly none of my grandsons ever received such gifts. These gifts were costly and they were special and they were remarkably appropriate for the Son of God. See, gold symbolized kingship, Jesus, king of kings, frankincense suggesting the fragrance of Jesus in priesthood, bringing fragrant, a fragrant life to all his followers. And myrrh, traditionally used to anoint a body at death, and pointing now to the man born to be king, who was the man born to die for our salvation. You see, the gifts the wise men brought were chosen thoughtfully, and indeed wisely, and one senses given with great joy. And I often wonder how thoughtful, wise, and joyful we are as we bring our gifts to Jesus, not just in financial terms, but day by day in prayer and worship and in service to him. You know, as we embark on the New Year's Let's resolve to reevaluate the gifts we offer to our Lord and Saviour. We're nearly there, the last one. The wise men knelt to worship Jesus. Oh, some of you are not sure. Yes, that is the peak. That is the mission accomplished. They saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. You see, they were in the presence of the one they were determined to find. They were in the presence of the one whose love for them knew no bounds and they were just lost in wonder, love and praise. They'd come to worship Jesus part of why we're here this morning is to worship Jesus are we lost in wonder love and praise you know God delights in our praise he delights in our worship he delights in our thanksgiving he longs for us to tell him how much we love him and for us to live our lives in such a way that reflects the fact that we've met with him oh his real joy is when our worship comes from the sincerity of our hearts when each day every word every action every thought is committed to him it's Christina Rossetti wasn't it who summarized it with the words in that last verse of her hymn what can I give him poor as I am if I were a shepherd I bring a lamb if I were a wise man I play my part yet what I can I give him, give my heart. And you know, it's as we give our heart to Jesus and we give it wholeheartedly, unreservedly, in total commitment. That is the greatest offering that we can give. And with such a commitment, maybe, I don't know, maybe a new commitment today, maybe a renewed commitment You know, when we do that, we can walk in the path of his commands and purposes for us. And did you note 
how Matthew ends his account to the wise man's visit. He ends it with the words, they returned to their own country by another route. What a significant statement. They returned by another route. Having met with Jesus, they did not return the same way. They didn't follow old routes. He'd opened up new paths for them with new opportunities. And you know, as we set out into 2022, let's not be content to go up and down the old roots of our yesterdays. Let's be open to let our Lord lead us along other ways according to the plans that he has for us individually and for us as his church as he as he builds his church and amazingly looks to use us oh i speak in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen